0: Long to hear that all aboard Seven That's the time we leave at seven I'll be waiting up for heaven Counting every mile of railroad track That takes me back never thought my heart could be so
1: yearning.
0: Why did I decide to roam? Gotta take that sentimental journey, sentimental journey home. Sentimental
2: And hello everybody, it is 7.33 here on the West Coast, Saturday nights, February the 5th year 2011. I'm on Hughes, and this is our Saturday night show, we'll call Patricia really soon. But first, here's our prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful station, thank you for the opportunity for us being here. Bless all the listeners and supporters of this station, and let us do your will. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name, Amen. Let's go get Patricia.
0: We need a hit, Uh, so here I.
3: Joe, Joe DiMaggio, we want you on our side. From coast to coast, that's all you'll hear Of Joe, the one-man show He's glorified the horse-hide fear and Joe DiMaggio Joe, Joe DiMaggio, we want you on our
4: side.
3: He'll live in baseball's Hall of Fame He got there blow-by-blow Kids will tell their kids his name, jokes and jokes the Maggio. We dream of Joey with
4: the light from.
3: All right.
5: Set volume to 76% link graphic set 12, 12, volume to 84% 15, link graphic set 15, volume to 84% 15, link graphic set 15, volume to 92% link graphic set volume to 92% link graphic set volume to 100% link graphic volume dash of graphic images slash full box dash light graphic images slash full box dash bottom flash start graphic 214 flash and live. 365 embedded player frame and live 365 frame graphic images slash dot graphic 1,428,383 slash player logo live 365 frame and live 365 pro broadcaster message frame visit link click here to visit the yesterday USA home page link click here to get a free schedule link click here to donate on live via credit card or click here to find out about Bill Brown visit link click here for DJ 5 I 365 pro Broadcaster message frame.
2: Let me turn this down. And we're up and running. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Ah, turn that down. I had double feedback going. Anyway, I'm Long Shoes. We are up and running, everybody, here on Yesterday USA. And we're going to uh, call Patricia and get going. Let's say a prayer. Dear Lord, bless the station. Bless all the listeners. Bless all the supporters. We thank you so much for letting us be on the radio. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. It is Saturday night, February the 5th, year 2011. We'll be with you really soon.
0: With me, oi, oi. This little piggy went to market This little piggy stayed home But this little piggy was a boogily woogly piggy and he boogie woogied all the way home This little piggy had roast beef This little piggy had none But this little piggy was a boogily woogly piggy and he did the lindy all the way home oi.
2: Anyway, let me get, give me a second here, everybody. I want to do a, a computer test. I'm going to do this on the air with you live. want to make sure this works right. What
5: we're going to do... Start, escape, leaving tab, toolbar, we're going to click on this.
2: What I'm doing... I, there's a record program I have dialogue,
5: here. Page and I want to make sure this looks, it's working. List, replay, video, replay, replay, app, Clicked on this. Replay app, same page, link graphic, page has 25 links, in under tab, replay app tab, record tab, list of shows, list view, not selected, graphic 663 yesterday, USA radio okay. tuning schedule Alright, so we're going to go ahead and turn, turn that down, piece. we know that's shows, working, not-
2: okay, and we'll turn the back up. And as I was saying, Patricia, you know the trivia question that you and I just gave out a few minutes ago, people might miss. So if you want to give us a call at 714-545-2071 and answer that trivia question we, that we just gave out, please let us know.
6: What? Hi, everybody. We're Hi, back. everybody. <laughs> Walden is that his. It's, you, you took Rascal Tills tonight, didn't you? <laughs> no, I
2: I am. I took a nap. You know how I am. When I take a nap, I'm...
6: Either no sleep and too much sleep Uh are doomed, everybody. Well, we are back. Live 365 was doing major system upgrades and maintenance, and they let everybody know during the week that um, we wouldn't be here, and we're not supposed to be here for another hour and 20 minutes.
2: So so don't tell anybody that we're on the
1: air.
6: No, we won't do that.
1: Yeah.
6: (laughs) Out there with us... Please let us know that you're out there and that we're not here all by ourselves. We know that Ron in Hawaii is listening. Mm-hmm. He called and said he would do that, but somebody else is out there. I just know it. And here we are. Saturday already.
2: The fifth. That's the... Actually, for me,
6: it's the sixth.
2: Hello, Patricia.
6: Hello, Walden. Did you have a good week?
2: I had a good week and just getting stuff done. You know. <laughs> That's sort of what Wong does. Wallen makes out the to-do list and gets stuff done. So that's what I did this week. Okay. What did You're Patricia do? Good.
6: Now, I, this is really important. I have to say the magic word early.
2: Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, pizza? What, what would you like on that? Anchovy, pineapple, or tuna fish?
6: <laughs> we are into food. Who is it? Who's on the line? Hello, Walden. Hello, Patricia. Jim! Oh, hi, Jim. How are you? Would you
7: like on that
2: uh, pizza, Jim? Is, or, we have a
7: oh, I like pepper. My favorites are pepperoni and cheese, probably, and sausage.
2: $19.95 plus? With or, with or without tax?
7: Uh, well, it's up to the pizza company. <laughs> uh, I could make a joke and say something like, uh, it's up to Chef Boyardee. There you
2: go. Yeah, they can pass on the tax.
7: Yeah. How oh, you doing, Jim? I want to let you know, I just turned uh, you were off a little while ago, and I just turned back, and I guess you've just come back on. Just now.
2: Yep. electricity like five have done a whole maintenance job throughout the whole night, and they finally let us back into the into the playroom.
7: Well, I checked. I am real glad to hear that. I checked the other one too, and they're they're both off. So I guess the other one's back too. So at least at least people can now start listening again. They don't have to worry. Yesterday USA is alive and well.
6: That's right. We right. paid our bill. We we were put in the sick ward, and it wasn't even our fault.
7: That's right. I think this time, well, I guess the it was, you knew it was really off because normally if there's a technical problem, you'll get some announcement. Live 365. Please try your yeah, and later that wasn't even the on. Their
6: system was down. I mean, they just took the entire system out of service, so they didn't even have their own messages up there.
7: Right. Well, I, I know. Well, one thing I know that does it makes people who, when it is down, it makes. I'm sure it makes everyone appreciate Live 365 even more once once it's when it's off. You know, isn't
6: that interesting? You, um, there, there's an old song. All I remember is. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Pave paradise and put in a parking lot.
7: But that was the Big Yellow Taxi was the name of that song.
6: We talked about this one night, didn't we?
7: I don't remember if we did. Maybe you and Walden did or one of your other callers. Joni Mitchell wrote it, and I had one hit of it. There was a, non, was a Chicago group called The Neighborhood that also had a version of it.
6: Uh-huh.
7: 70. And that line is certainly true. uh On Dennis Hart's Monitor website, someone wrote in one of his uh, Monitor guest book things the same thing, you know, talking about that radio program about, Uh you know, it it was always there, and then when it was gone, you just you never really appreciate these things. It's kind of that way with these radio shows, you know. Uh
5: They go on and
7: on, and you just you just you know you always think they're going to be there, and you just never know from one week to the next. But certainly we're grateful that Rice 365 is up again. I wanted to let you know I got your package yesterday.
6: Oh, good. What was in it?
7: It, it this. Well, there were two things. Money.
6: money and food. <laughs> Silly
7: Walden. <laughs> <laughs> it, the G, the college bowl. Okay. And the uh, the the worst shows. And I just I just glanced at the worst shows. It sounds like it's going to be a fun. <laughs> Listen, one of the things I noticed on there was a soap opera that I've called Nona from Nowhere.
6: Uh huh.
7: And I think that was one of Frank and Ann
6: Hummer's lesser-known soaps. Was it? I, I just, uh, I, I have to admit that I picked it mostly because of the title. And I think a title that <laughs> is Nona from Nowhere deserves to be on a worst show list somewhere.
7: Yeah, it was around 1950 or so. Wait,
6: really? It was that late? Oh, my God. Yeah.
7: But I did enjoy, I did enjoy, I listened to the first, uh, call, part of the first College Bowl, and I think I'm really going to enjoy those.
6: I think so. I think your mind was made for something like that. Those guys are terrific.
7: I'm amazed, you know, when you think about how, um, you know, we were, uh, one of my friends and I were talking a few, uh, just today, in fact, and we were talking about how he seems to remember, I don't remember Jeopardy that well in the 60s when the first version was on NBC, but he told me that he thought the questions on the original Jeopardy in the 60s were a lot harder.
6: I can believe that. I think all of the questions across the board in the earlier years, regardless of the show, radio or television, were much more difficult than what people are answering today.
7: Well, I mean, you know, I'm thinking like when you listen to one of those, even though when you listen to a show like You Bet Your Life, the the, the, the questions are relatively simple. Except for, you know, sometimes maybe the final question. I mean, when Raucho does the five or six questions with the contestants and they pick a category, of course, what you feel bad for when you listen to You Bet Your Life is these people who pick a category and they think it's going to be really easy and they totally bomb out.
6: Yeah, they were they were good questions. They were not piece of cake questions. They were not grandstomb questions. They, they were good questions. I mean, they didn't require a college degree, but they were good questions.
7: But when also, when you listen to a show like Information, Please, you'll be... its Now, that really had questions that, I mean, I didn't know a lot of those answers.
6: Oh, my goodness, no. Uh-uh. And there weren't a lot of them that were contemporary Yeah, you know, at the time that, that were period questions. Like you had to live in the 1950s in order to answer the question type stuff or to be familiar with it.
7: Right, and when I talk about literature or music or something... Uh, Like Don Dunning in his first book, Tune In Yesterday, when he talked about Dr. IQ, the metal banker, he said one sample question from one show, he he didn't have the show, he didn't cite the date of the show, but he said one sample question is, what day will Easter fall on next year?
1: Mm -hmm.
7: And that is a a question that uh, you really, since Easter changes each year, you have to look. You have to look. That it's not something that you can just figure. Like when the Fourth of July falls.
6: So when does no.
2: Easter fall this no. year, Jim?
6: And, and it's not the fourth Sunday or the second Sunday. It has to do with the moon. You're right.
2: So when Easter fall this year? I haven't looked it up yet. I
6: think it's April
2: 24th. Quite this year.
7: Yeah, April. Yeah, and as I was taught in like third grade or fourth mm-hmm. grade, if I remember right. It can be any Sunday between March 22nd and April 25th, no earlier, no later.
6: That sounds right.
7: And how the church fathers determined it to be the the first Sunday after the first full moon, I don't know. I mean, how they came up with that.
6: How did they come up with December 25th? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're they're I don't want to say they're arbitrary, but people sat down and picked them. Mm-hmm.
7: Well, that supposedly, you know, it was related to a winter festival about the same time in in the Roman in the uh,
6: Christmas, yeah,
7: um, in the Roman world and Easter. Supposedly, it was named after wasn't it a goddess called Ishtar? Uh, suppo- at least I've heard that. I don't know if that's true. Don't know about that. Yeah. And it was a spring, you know, a spring holiday. Of course, my father always asked the question. And and I and and he was he my dad was, is very logical logically minded and when you when you listen to the question it's so logical he says he never understood how bunnies and eggs became connected because bunnies are mammals.
6: Uh huh. However.
7: That's but that's what we have. I mean, in our uh, we have and the
6: the eggs now the um not the Byzantines, the um, Ukrainians. The the Ukrainians do the the extraordinary egg decorations. What are
2: they, is it? Oh, it's the Russian. Um, uh, I saw a display of uh, Russian eggs in Las Vegas. there's a certain name
1: for them.
6: I think it's, I'm, I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sure, or, or I've got a couple of letters mixed up, but Pazansky sounds, let me Let me see, I will look it up, mm. plus the internet. But they, I, I, I played around with it for a while. I took a couple of classes in it. I mean, just, you know, pick up afternoon type stuff. Uh-huh. And I mean, it was really fun. You know, doing uh, doing the wax and then dipping and then waxing again and dipping and uh, it was really interesting stuff.
7: But, doctor, but anyway, we got on that because Doctor IQ would ask a question like that, and I'm sure a lot of the people in the audience would have no idea even how to uh, how to guess something like that.
6: hmm It's oh, a I was yeah, close. Yeah, you were yeah. good. You're good.
7: You, you, generally, you, good. when you listen to information, please, or you bet your life, or you generally, I'm sure you're pretty good at answering a lot of the questions, aren't you?
6: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good, but boy, they sure blow me away with some of them, Jim. Woof. My goodness.
7: Like, especially the final question that Groucho asked on the show sometimes?
6: Yeah, that that one is tough. That one is tough. I get a fair number of them, but, boy, not as many as I should.
7: Well, you know, what, what, you know my, what, what, we were talking, my friend and I, about these quiz shows, and we were comparing the quiz shows of the old days to now, and we were talking about who wants to be a millionaire when it had that big craze about ten year or so years ago, and we were talking about how we were just amazed how many people – once they were contestants on that show, would give up so they'd use their clues, their, you know, their help, their their odd, their phone a friend, the audience. They'd use their clues like three or four into the uh, thing. They seemed many of these people seem to have no ability to just play the game, you know. They and they'd stop so early. And the questions to me were relatively easy compared to. Uh, but I, who knows, maybe when you're on the air, you're panic-stricken, too, and you, you can't think as quickly as you do at home.
6: Well, think about that in terms of the college, bowl, uh, the, the college quiz bowl yeah. that I sent to you. They didn't get any gimmies. They didn't get any hints, and they couldn't say to the audience, well, what do you think this answer is? They didn't get multiple choice. These are dumbed-down shows.
7: And also the host, you know, Groucho, you'll remember Groucho always had to say, and so did the other host, you'll remember, no co- no help from the audience. Please. Uh-huh. Coaching, no coaching.
6: No coaching from the audience. And a couple of times I recall on shows that they heard somebody say it in the audience, and I can't recall what they did. Walden, did they give a different question, or did they just kind of toss up their hands and say, come back next week? What did they, How did they deal with that?
2: I'm trying to think if I've ever heard one of those shows. Um,
7: Telling you about your life?
6: I've heard it
2: at least twice. Uh-huh. Yeah. They probably, I i, was, I don't remember them, but I would have just switched out the question.
7: Well, you know, I, it reminds me of a spelling test. When I was in about third third or fourth grade, our teacher would give a spelling test and, to the class, and people would, uh, you know, write the words, and... Uh, he or she would always give a, 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 a sentence to, to explain the definition of the word. You know, he would say something like, door. He slammed the door. And I'm using that as a simple example. But the classic example I'll never forget is this teacher said, the next word is victory. And then he said, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. You know, and the cheerleader, and he just, you know, it just slipped out like he gave the he gave the answer right right there, and it was just it was just funny to me that 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 he, and of course that, that needless to say, never mind. He said, folks, just we won't use that word this week in our test, but it was just fun. i amazed at how dumb, pardon the lack of expression, or sympathy, but how dumb the stars are.
6: Yeah.
7: It just amazes me, and, and I'll give you an example of that. Maybe I mentioned this to Walden once, I can't remember, but one time Alex Trevek asked for the Final Jeopardy. President Kennedy formed this organization in 1951 yeah. to promote world peace, and the celebrity said, the U.N.,
6: I recall that. I think you mentioned that to us last week or the
7: week before. I don't remember. Sometimes I can't remember if I said something or not. But yeah. it was just funny, and of course, it was the Peace Corps. hmm But the celebrities, to me, seem to know very—I mean, you know—seem to know very little compared to average citizens.
6: Yeah.
7: But I—but I am enjoying it. I'm going to really enjoy listening to that. And I've also—I've been listening to the Eisenhower years and really enjoying those. So it's, it's, it's wonderful listening, and I really appreciate, uh, I was telling one of my friends about your select, about your, your MP3 of uh, the worst shows.
1: Yeah.
7: And he finds that fascinating, the whole concept, you know, and I, and I said, and I told him, I said, these shows were so bad, they didn't even make Dunning's book.
6: <laughs> well, you know, there were some, well, Zorro didn't make his book either, and that, that's on the list. You've got some Zorros in there. I mean, that was a dreadful show, but... You're right. I, I don't recall. Well, I mean, of course, I haven't read Dunning's book. You two have read Dunning's book. I use it as a reference book. But I, I don't think we're going to find Nona from nowhere. Uh, Nora Nora Drake and Nona from nowhere. Yeah. All the, We were into ends there for a while. Let's see if... Well, Nora Drake
2: is in there. Okay, that's a pretty famous soap opera. Now, this, this
7: is Nora Drake.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah.
6: Oh, I, Nona.
2: But Nona, no. I've never oh, heard of Nona. Oh, Nona.
6: Let's see here. beat. I do have a question for you, though.
7: I'll try my best. Uh,
6: and this is Nona from nowhere. Here it is. So you the list? <laughs> it's on the list. January 9, 1950 to January 5th, 1951. So it lasted an entire year. 15-minute weekdays at 3. So it was five days a week. And Tony Darnay as Nona Dutel. <laughs> do tell isn't this nona do tell this is cool it's d-u-t-e-l-l do tell do tell nona okay yep a a young lovely who is searching for her natural parents that is the entire (laughs) storyline
7: okay well Well, someone must have cared enough to to air check it or record it, so I guess it must have...
6: (laughs) I guess, and maybe by the end, somebody found her parents for her, or family, or something. She was. (laughs) That's that's terrible.
7: You know, when you think about it, though, the the Hummer, when you you compare the Hummer soaps to the Irma Phillips soaps, there's a world of difference, because, you know, know, Irma Phillips had things like Road of Life, and and originally the Guiding Light, and the Right to Happiness, and... uh, uh, a lot of different ones, and today's children, and a lot of them. And they, they involve doctors or lawyers, but what generally happened on the Hummer soaps, it was generally a rags-to-riches type of story. You know, like our gal Sunday, you know, the girl finding happy being left on the step of the miners and finding happiness to an English lord, and Helen Trent's constant problems of being over 35, or <laughs> Laura, Laura Lawton's constant... The story of what it means to be...
2: You know, in a in a world yeah, so few d- d- people or, or Mary Mary Noble, what it mean to be the wife a of a broadway star. Yeah,
6: yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah. Well
2: listen or, or, or Helen Trent. Uh what what the famous slogan can a woman.
7: Thirty find, or yeah, more.
2: Not can a woman. Buying well, if she's yeah, 35 when, years old. Yeah, I remember anymore. when I was
7: when I turned 35, yeah. I remember talking to Bob Lyons shortly after my birthday and we were joking about, "Hey, I'm Helen Trent's age now."
6: <laughs> Did Helen Trent ever find happiness?
7: She was well, I'm told that in the last week. She was married to somebody else. Gil showed up and I and I'm not Gil a- Whitney.
2: Gil Whitney chased her for 25, 27 years. And I think, finally, at the last episode, I think they were going to get hit.
7: Well, I know Young Winter Brown did get met. She did say yes to Anthony Loring, I'm told, in the last episode. Okay. Um, Argyle Sundy, as I understand it, in their last episode, she went off to visit some of Lord Henry's relatives in England.
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. She was with, with the daughter. Uh, she was the uh, baby uh, raised by two coal miners in the uh, Silver Rock, Creeks of Colorado.
7: Silver Creek, Colorado.
2: Silver Creek, Colorado. Well,
6: you couldn't get by with a storyline like that today.
7: <laughs> and of course, the other one, uh, of course, uh, uh, the strange romance of Evelyn Winters. That was a classic opening because mm-hmm. he, he talked about, uh, do you, you know, the, she finds herself the guardian of wealthy young Kenneth Woodruff. And do you think twenty, do you think twenty years' age is too great a difference to find love, or something on that, mm-hmm. something on that order? And those were those were just so, um, you know, they were, and of course, you know, for a barber, just plain Bill sure had a lot of conflict. Yeah,
2: yeah. Or, or, or you think about one man family opening the the, and this is dedicated to the Mothers
7: bo- bo- uh, and fathers of the younger generation of the uh, be, uh, the bewildering,
2: what the bewildering.
6: The <laughs> oh,
7: and their is. bewildering
2: offspring. Yeah, bewildering offspring.
6: They talked to our parents, didn't they? <laughs>
7: Well, you know, I had a friend, one of, my tutor, one of my readers said that when she was growing up in the 40s, her mother would not let her hear the Shadow or Suspense or uh, the Lone Ranger or Jack. Arn- you know, a lot of these shows her mother had strong objections to. But the one show that she could uh, she could listen to, no questions asked, was One Man's Family.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: Her mother let her listen to that every week.
6: That was the wholesome.
7: Yeah. well you know and it was you know uh, mr. mr uh, or Fa- mr Barber or father Barber, you know was was an iron but you got you, as you listened to it uh, you got to care about the people involved
1: yeah
7: and and, they, and it was well written I mean Carlton e Morris had a, um, a code obviously e- people as diverse even it was even one of J Edgar Hoover's favorite shows. So a lot of people liked it, and, you know, and it did last 27 years, and I, what I still find just amazing is how Carlton Morris could go from that, from that to I Love a Mystery, and just what a totally different show that was, and they all came out of the same mind. When
2: I had lunch for Carlton, he said I Love a Mystery is his way of, uh, it was his escape, because he was working on The Family, uh, you know, those days, and I Love a Mystery is where he could let his mind be creative and go uh-huh. out, you know. His brain got
6: out to play that song. Well, it's interesting that you bring up One Man's Family because I'm starting to put together a list each week of shows that people haven't asked about, and One Man's Family is on my list. So, folks, I've got One Man's Family. If anybody wants it, you got to answer a question. You want the question? Okay. All right. Now, we've got something special this week. We have, Baldwin sent them to me, Johnny Mathis provided.
2: Yeah, Johnny Mathis people. Johnny Mathis and the people sent us a bunch of CDs of his. A brand new album.
6: Okay. So I've got all of these CDs that Walden forwarded to me so that uh, periodically we can offer a Johnny Mathis CD for a more difficult question than what is usual. So I have a regular question for regular radio shows, and I've got a difficult question for a Johnny Mathis CD, and you can have both of them.
7: Are you ready? I'll do the radio because I'm, I'm more into the. I mean, I'll save the the music for someone that might really want to do that.
6: Oh, that's really nice of you to do that because I think you might have the answer to this one. So we'll 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 just let that one ride yeah. for the next. Yeah.
2: The, the question, him, What is your Social Security number?
6: Yeah, right.
7: That <laughs> commercial. Have you heard that commercial for some identity theft thing where the guy actually gives? I know. Yeah. yeah he he's, he's so sure and confident. I forgot what the name of the thing
6: is. Uh-huh. Miss lock. And you might want to take a run before you buy into the system. You might want to take a run at places like Consumer Reports to see what you're actually buying.
7: Well, this guy actually gives his number on the – he says, I'm so sure I'm going to give you my Social Security number on the air. Mm
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And I've seen the ad. And it's it's for a company called LifeLock. Yes. So you – Gotta check
7: out Consumer Reports first. By the way, I don't mean to get too politically correct here into current issues, but I heard a consumer radio host say recently when you, that they may be cute commercials, those that song about freecreditreport.com, but it's just a cute song only. It's not really, you know, there's really no free credit
6: report. I mean, there's, you know, you have to sign up to get your first free credit report. <laughs> Yeah. A, you know, it's, it's a landmine out there. I wish
2: There's a. There's an mine. inter- minefield. There's an interesting industry magazine called Talkers. And they have a website. These are for people who love talk radio. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on it because they give you previews of the, all the art, of the current articles. And one of them is talking about the whole genre of way out commercials that we all hear on the radio. And I call them commercials now. Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, for health care to uh, credit report, or the, one, or the one that seemed to be, uh, they promise everything, and it's uh, this at-home business, and they promise everything, but they should tell you what, the,
7: what it is. Mm-hmm. Like the income at home, you uh-huh. mean? Uh-huh, yeah. The income yeah. at home, yeah.
6: Yeah. yeah. Schlock is an old word, and it's got a great application in this. The uh, work at home are... Not work at home.
2: Work at home. Work a home for you
6: work part. You at home, but you're
2: not going to get paid. Yeah, work at home for part time and make six figures in the first ten days.
7: <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, I heard those, and it, all you have to do, and they always tell you, of course, do it now while, while it's still available, because this, uh, this is going fast. And it's kind of like in the old days in the '60s, they used to offer uh, these record albums called Great Music. Don Wilson did some commercials for it. Milton mm-hmm. Cross did some. That they were like a five-album set, sort of a Montage of classical music like the waltz of the flowers and the Toriador song and they and they didn't name the orchestras in these Things, but, you know, but they were supposedly a composite of classical music and they would always say at the end of the commercial the local announcer mail before midnight tomorrow You know order before midnight tomorrow mm-hmm. and of course uh, You know and of course, you know they, I know that's to get people to order but generally the next day it was the same midnight you know, well, sure. not withdraw the commercial, like the day after, you know, after midnight. Oh.
6: There's, there's an old joke that belongs to probably New York City about the sign in a bar that says, free beer tomorrow.
7: Yeah.
6: But tomorrow never comes. I mean, every day you go in there and you see the same sign, free beer tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It never says what date. It never says, you know. Yeah. Tomorrow never comes.
7: Right, well, yeah, well wasn't we, it? Well, I always remember that song. That reminds me of that song by Frank Sinatra, Let's Forget About Tomorrow, For Tomorrow Never Comes. Mm hmm. 1965 um, song. Although it was Del Monte. Ma- he did it in Italian. Del Monte,
6: I think, is what he called it.
7: Anyway, I'll try a radio question.
6: Okay, this one I know you know. I'll try. It's been out there for a while, and nobody has taken me out of my misery. Who? What is
2: Blondie's first name? Pardon? I was going to ask you, what is Blondie's first name? Okay, go ahead, Patricia
6: going to send him to his brother's room again, Jim. Okay. Oh.
7: No, I don't even know if her first, did she have a first name?
6: Blondie was her first name. Well, actually, no, I guess she did have a first name. I have to look it up. I, I've got No, it was
7: Bumstead was, it the, was their family's name.
6: Well, I was. that was dad with Bumstead. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Okay. So this is, this is, uh, who is this person associated with? Who was Claire Brooks? Claire Brooks, George, George
7: Valentine's secretary.
6: There you go. Mm-hmm.
7: Let George do it.
6: Let George do it. You got it. Yeah, I knew I could depend on you. And who was
2: the announcer, Jim? Out
6: of my misery, that one's been out there. Bud
7: Easton, wasn't That's it?
2: That's right. Good.
6: Say
7: what? I know the sponsor was Standard of California. Standard of
2: California. Bud Easton with the uh, announcer. That's what we're asking, Jim. Right. And who that played-
7: was Bob Bailey's first big series. Right. And who played okay. Clips? I can't remember.
2: I mean, I can yeah, my bigger he can know. Aww.
7: I think Greg was on it, too, at one time. I think at one time, yeah. Um, do, you, do you enjoy that series, uh, Patricia? Let's...
6: I like it. I, I can't listen to it forever. Like I could, with Frontier Gentlemen, for example, I could listen to shows every single night until I got to the end. I can't do that with George Valentine. Eventually it gets old. But it, it's kind of fun. Not nearly as good as Johnny Dollar.
7: Right. I might show. That reminds me. I know I have them on cassette, but maybe I can get one of your MP3s of Frontier Gentlemen. That sounds good.
6: I did not send you Frontier Gentlemen.
7: No, but you sent me Have Gun. I think. Yeah, have Gun. I have to Have Gun from you.
6: But not Frontier Gentlemen.
7: Frontier Gentlemen. So that'll be a fine one.
6: Well, for heaven's sakes. Okay. Honest to goodness, I thought I had sent you Frontier Gentlemen.
7: I've got them on tape, but of course that's that's slowly going out of. Uh, uh, I don't know, it's out of favor, or out of mm-hmm. what the word is today for that. Uh,
6: it, it's not, it doesn't have the bells, whistles, and electronics, and, you know, it's like a, a 78 RPM record. They still work,
7: but... I still like tape, though. I, you know, you, you, you like what you grow up with, you know. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's hard to totally, phase. I mean, I know we're going to have to phase them out eventually, but it's just hard to... I have friends that don't, that, that uh, like tape, you know, they send shows to, and he. I have a friend that does not even... Uh, one friend doesn't even have a CD player yet, he still likes tape, or never, or his CD broke and he and he hasn't been able to get it replaced, so he likes tape. And you know, and the hard thing now is finding blank tape is getting harder. Walgreens and a lot of stores don't stock them as much as they mm-hmm.
6: do. I have a box of them. <laughs> and by the time I open them and use them, they'll probably be brittle. Okay, Frontier Gentlemen it is, I will guess, Frontier Gentlemen? Do you know what J.B. stands for? And J.B. Kendall?
7: Jeremy Bryan.
6: There you go. Boy, <laughs> this is too good. Okay, you've got Frontier Gentlemen, and I'll get it out in the mail to you.
7: Okay, I look forward, and I'm glad that you're all back on the air, safe and sound. Thank you. And that you here yesterday, USA, again, and uh, hopefully you'll get a lot of calls tonight now that uh, now that you're going. And, uh, and I have to agree with you. I like, uh, uh, you know, I... I there are some shows that you can just you can listen to one or two of them and you, you, you don't want to hear them for a few days or a few weeks. Huh? Uh, I, I couldn't picture, for example, the, 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 that one on your worst show list. That one about the Amazon. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. going to be a challenge. Oh
6: my goodness! I think I have four of them on that.
7: Yeah, I think you do. And I know you've got uh, Black uh, of the
6: Amazon or
7: Fire of. The or what it was called the- now, but you know, but it's but it's there. Uh, and it's going to be it's going to be a challenge
6: to hear those,
7: but it, but again, it'll show the diversity of radio, and that's huh? that's what makes it fun. I,
6: I think you're going to enjoy them only because they're so awful. Well,
7: you know that's that's like that. You know, when something is really campy, and, and the thing is, if you if you go in there knowing
6: it's bad. Yeah, these are beyond campy. These um, need a code resuscitation.
7: Right. But you know, but but it's more fun than, but then there are also people, you know, there are, what was it, the 10 worst movies that were so bad they were good. I've heard someone wrote a book like that. I don't know if I'm getting the title right.
6: I can believe it. I can believe it because I, uh, and I, I firmly believe this. There are some things that are so bad, they're good. You just, and I, when, when we're finished talking, uh, Walden, remind me about laughing because we talked about laughing last week, and I have something to share with you. But it's it's an example of... Uh, okay, then, that I
7: will listen for that, and it's always a pleasure.
6: Sounds good, Jim. Thanks for calling in and being the
2: Oops. first one to welcome us back on the air.
7: Right, I'm, I'm the first one to welcome 65 back. It's kind That's of an you. honor. That's Great. You've done it. See you all later.
2: Thank you, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 714-545-2071. We're up and running. We want your call. We want to know if you're out there. And we can talk about food. Let me know what's on your menu. And if you're welcome to invite Patricia and I to dinner, we can come. If all all costs are covered, we'll all be there.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here with my mouth open thinking, How are we going to do this? (laughs) This is good. Walden's thinking again tonight. This is very good. I have something to tell you, and I know you know the movie.
2: Of course. Laughing. Yes.
6: I got into a laughing jag one night (laughs) when an old black-and-white movie came on, and it was one of the Barrymores. who Who was in the wheelchair in the latter stages of his life? That was
2: Lionel. Lionel Barrymore.
6: Okay, so it starred Lionel Barrymore, and it was... I, I don't remember the title of it. Somebody out there is going to remember. It was a story of an aging actor who was in a wheelchair, drinking, was an alcoholic, and was trying to wrench the last bit out of his stage life. And of course, Lionel Barrymore was indeed in a wheelchair, and, and the Barrymores.
2: Um, alcohol problem running in the family. Yeah,
6: yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, re- it really was a mirror of life. But he was so good in this role, I had to believe that there were times he was probably actually drinking on the set. I mean, he was that good. I I just can't imagine anybody being that good and not being soused. But anyway, one of the stage scenes, this was a movie about a thespian, a a theater actor,
1: Mm -hmm.
6: a professional. And one of the scenes called for him to come out of the wings in his wheelchair and you know wheel himself really hard on stage because he was making an entry and he went sailing across the (laughs) right off it and i mean it was just so unexpected this wheelchair just went screaming across the stage and went off the stage just Mm. fell into the orchestra pit and i started to laugh and i thought i was going to have apoplexy by the time i got finished i mean it just it was one of those that. Stayed funny. Remember last week we were talking about the, there comes a point when things aren't funny anymore and you just can't stop laughing? Oh, yeah. This was still funny. I just could not <laughs> stop laughing. I, I just, I got, I got this image in my head of this man in a wheelchair just sailing right across the stage. And I've, I've often wondered if this was something that actually happened on film and it wasn't in the script. And they just kept it and incorporated it because it was such a
2: it probably was
6: such a great item that happened as vis a vis that particular movie and that particular storyline. I mean, it was just a terrible thing to think yeah. that somebody went flying off the end of a stage. But it it was just so unexpected. It was this you know, dramatic performance about this man who was just struggling to hold on to his career for the last years of his life and it just was there mm-hmm. and I it, it was pretty awful. <laughs> Just, even now I'm laughing about it. So somebody out there knows this movie. Please please give us a call and help me know what movie I saw and what has been with me for so many years afterward.
2: You want to laugh?
6: Yeah.
2: Okay. I found the clip I was telling you last night. Okay. Everybody that I was talking to Patricia last night, and, you know, we, we get together and talk, and I was telling them about, The time when Brenda Lee, the famous singer that we know today, uh, when she was nine years old, she was the singer on The Breakfast Club. And uh, Don McNeil was the host. The show was on for 35 years, and he had a variety of wonderful people on the show. Well, he was getting ready to go into a commercial break, and he was caught off guard. So, you ready, Patricia? I'm ready. Here we go, everybody.
1: That little Brenda wishes she had some grape nuts right now, don't you? I don't like grape nuts. Oh!
3: returns to this program
4: Monday. (laughs) Well, that's all right. Now, that's all right, Brenda. You didn't say anything wrong, because uh, if you don't like them, I'm glad you told me about it. The thing is, if everybody liked them, they wouldn't have me advertising
3: them because then everybody'd eat them and there'd be no use trying to get people to try them. And uh, naturally, everybody can't like them. (laughs) You're getting out of it, but i just let it go. (laughs)
1: Don't you think somebody ought to do a song?
3: (laughs) You know, this makes me funny because people are always writing and people who come here and think, hey, all that stuff you do, that's all rehearsed, isn't
1: it?
4: (laughs) Rehearse my foot. (laughs) Brenda, would you like to sing a song for us? Yes, sir. Fine. I'd like to hear another song from so many people. What you got?
1: I'm
6: in love again. What? I'm in love again. It's I don't
2: like dinner. it. All right, go ahead. Go ahead and sing it. <laughs> there we
6: go, Patricia. That was wonderful. <laughs> that has got to be the longest laugh in radio history. <laughs> I know they attributed to Jack Benny with your money or your life, yeah. and it wasn't. I mean, even even Jack Benny would acknowledge that it, it wasn't. I mean, it was a good laugh, but it wasn't the longest in history. No. But this one might might be a contender. Oh, this was good. <laughs> what Walden and I were talking about last night was how someone who was in broadcasting for so many years and clearly was familiar or should have been familiar working with children could have lost his common sense long enough to ask a child. <laughs> You do like this, don't you? I mean, you just—it it just came apart at the seams. It was a great piece. Did he ever get any feedback or um, what? What's the word I want? Something back? Get, getting kicked back? Did Did he get any bad stuff? Oh no. that?
2: Oh no. I think they put it out on a Buffett Club record album.
6: I would think so. Yeah. It, it is one of the. Spontaneous, humorous times that make a live show just perfect.
2: It, it's what, it's it's like you know that is like uh, you know chickman for us. What? Yeah, you know, little squirrels.
6: What squirrels?
2: The ones, the the ones that come from Vermont. <laughs>
6: I understand what well, that is. No, I'm saying when, about, but, uh, okay. it's the beautiful,
2: the beautiful the beautiful, live radio when something happens and we can't control ourselves.
6: Oh, oh, okay, okay. All right. It was an example. Yes. Okay. You can pick me up one notch. Do, 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 do.
2: There you go.
6: Thank you very much. There we
2: go. Give Patricia a call and talk about food at 714 545 207. We'll be happy to come if all expenses are covered. You know, we we easy eat the police.
6: and we'll bring dessert. Mhm. We yep. can do that.
2: We can bring dessert. You know, we're, we can and uh, that we we would love to come. Cool. So, 714-545-2071. five four five two zero seven one. We've under. got a
6: lot of territory to cover tonight. We do. And we got nipped. Early. We we lost some of our hours in the beginning, and I asked you to say food at the very beginning because we've got lots of food in here tonight. <laughs> so I don't – see, this is a, a little bit of a shtick that we have because I've been asked how come I talk about food so much. Part of it is because I love food so much. I'm, I I'm really like food. But um, if Walden says it first, then it's not my fault of uh-huh. talking uh-huh. about food. So yeah, food. you can say the word. Food. There oh we go. No, we're off and running. Yeah. Walden came up with a wonderful theme question last night. We were talking. Was it last night? We were talking about.
2: That was last night. Yep.
6: It was okay. We were talking about founding fathers and, um, the oh my goodness, just just important people. And we talked about Elliot Lewis mm-hmm. about what it must be like, or have been mm-hmm. like, writing for. Elliot Lewis to perform. He was a writer, a a director, a producer, um, an actor, radio, stage. I mean, he was just into everything. When he played a part in a radio show, it must have been a very unnerving experience to be the person who had to prepare a script for someone of his level, his caliber, his knowledge, and his skills. So we kind of went off and in that direction, and I put Elliot Lewis on my list of, gee, I wish I had an opportunity to talk with him. And Walden came up with the question, "Well, that would be good. Who else?" And I named a couple of others. And he thought it would be fun if we asked people, "Who are the four people in the whole world, any time, any place in history?" And, and they're not with us any longer, and it can be personal, it can be historic, it can be just anything at all. Four people you would like to sit down and have dinner with.
2: Yep, that's, what, that's our theme for the night. Who would you like to have dinner with? And four I had people.
6: five, and I, I can't get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck with my five. I asked my mom,
2: and she said her mom and dad. I thought that was pretty nice.
6: I think that's nice, too. One, I, I was going to add my sixth tonight, uh, and it might even displace some of the other people. Um, I would have my grandmother. She was such a wonderful person, and you hear that from people all the time. Right. She just loved life. She loved people. I never heard a crossword from her, ever. Not ever in my... I mean, she died when I was young, but, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just...
2: She holds, a, yeah, she holds a of, special part in your in your heart. Yes. Yeah. You
6: have a sense of who is a good person.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: And I grew up with the sense that she was probably the best person I had in my entire life, as part of my life. And I was just so fortunate. She died when I was six. And still, she is in my heart, in yeah. my memory. So I would have her at the dinner table as well. There you go. Now, the problem would be we'd all be laughing so (laughs) hard. Nobody else would have a chance to talk, so I might have to have her in her own dinner. Mm -hmm. But anyway, who would you like to have dinner with? People who are no longer here. Mm -hmm. I picked Patrick Henry and Elliot Lewis and Oscar Levant. Who would you choose? And my grandmother, of course. Well, then, who did you settle on?
2: I thought I, I thought about two different tables. I thought one table would be fun, because I'm such a history buff. Uh-huh. Go back to 1774 and sit, and sit down with the, have dinner with the Patriotics. Uh, this, the John Adams, the Sam Adams, the George Washington, the Benjamin Franklin, and thinking what direction they want to take the country.
6: Uh-huh.
2: That would have been fun.
6: How did they communicate with each other? They were never consistently in the same place.
2: Well, and also remember, letter writing was so slow. You know how you know how long it took the king of England to realize that he was at war with America?
6: No, how long?
2: Three months. It that's how slow news would travel across they, the ocean.
6: They had a lot of dunking in the <laughs> river by that time, didn't they? Goodness gracious!
2: Yeah, yeah. So it took them three months uh, to find out.
6: Well, in in this country, though, we we did have. By horseback. Yeah. Obviously, everything went by horseback. Well, if you think about it,
2: then explains why certain hot, there were certain beds, uh, pockets, where the movers and shakers all congregated. You know, Virginia, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, right, and New York, and.
6: And that's my question. You had people in Pennsylvania. You had people in New York, in Boston, and in Virginia, especially in Virginia. Right. And yet they they managed to, well, I guess they, they they all traveled to Virginia at different times.
2: Well, it's funny when they got together, the the uh, Congressional, There's, the Continental Congress, how important, Congress yeah. how important those things were to get together.
6: Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, each time I think of the logistics of what these people had to deal with, and look what they produced.
2: Also, explaining that these are all part-time West they had their own career, their own businesses to run.
6: hmm
2: So they weren't always available. So you couldn't always go to go no. to the Washington D.C. and figure out if somebody there one, you know, throughout the year.
6: Nope. So it, it it was just astounding, and especially in the amount of time that they did it in. Yeah. That they established country, and a constitution, and a bill of rights, and
2: (sighs) We're blessed. We are the uh, the children of that legacy, basically.
6: Where did these people come from?
2: Yeah.
6: How were they raised to be able to do things like this, and do the right thing because it was the right thing to do?
2: And my other dinner, I would love to have dinner with Churchill and all the great Civil War II, because you know how much I was Mm -hmm. interested in that. I would
6: have been 714-545-2071, 714-545-2071, even if you've got one person, but you can't have more than four at your dinner table at a time. So give us a call and let us know which person you wish you had an opportunity to spend time with.
2: I, you know, I think it would been fun to have dinner with this person, Patricia. Ooh. Let's go. Let's see what happened. I bet you might guess.
5: President Eisenhower today visited the Chocolate City. The president driving into Hershey, Pennsylvania to celebrate his 63rd birthday. 30,000 or more people were cheering him. All the folks who make Hershey chocolate with and without nuts. Fred Waring uh, was on hand to conduct a chorus of
4: 1800. Ben Hogan's an exhibition <laughs> on how he drives a golf ball. And that was a special of our shopping present.
5: A demonstration like that famous Ben Hogan power golf. <laughs> well, well. I won't putter around with that one. (laughs) Instead, I'll tee off with a tip to those car buyers who like to drive a hard bargain. Now your local Kaiser and Henry J dealer wants you to know about the new low Henry J price. Only $1,399 plus rate in local taxes. And that means the lowest down payment, lowest monthly payments on any new car. (laughs) In fact, after down payment, you can own a new Henry J for less than $10 a week. And I'll need $10 a week from now on, so come on in tomorrow. Let's listen to this sportscaster's description. Here we go, Low Thomas in the news.
6: He did that so many times. <laughs> it, it, it was like, it would take just a couple of seconds for it to trigger. Uh, with nuts or without, yeah. he was talking about 30,000 people. Some with nuts and some without. <laughs> and, I mean, it... It was like he said it and didn't even realize what he said for the first maybe two seconds.
2: Uh-huh. All of his- Absolutely. We couldn't help him tell. Hello there, you're on the air.
4: You know, I'm glad that we found out that you were... that Live 365 was on the air about an hour, you know, hour and a half before midnight or whatever.
6: <laughs> we got back early or earlier than they promised. How are you?
4: I am yeah, I'm fine.
6: <laughs> had,
4: I had to think. had to double check. <laughs> yeah, let's see. How Am I? I'm fine, yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Are you warm? Oh, the, sorry. Oh, what was the mind, what mind reader said to the other mind reader? I'm. You're fine. How am I? Or something. Mm. Or something like that. That's
6: a good
4: one. And now the weather here, it's been, yeah, it's been really Cold in the morning. Around 66 degrees.
6: That's cold.
4: In Hawaii, yeah, that's cold.
6: Well, you know, in Hawaii, it really is. What what is the temperature normally when you wake up in the morning?
4: Yeah, it was about like 71, 72 normally, you know. But that that morning, like 66 degrees. Those
6: people who laugh at us. Five degrees is a big deal. Where? In, well, if it's 66 compared to 71, that's a big five. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Now in Florida, what, what's well, how cold does it get where you live?
6: Well, it's not supposed to get as cold as it, as it has. We've been into the 20s. Wow. And for three or four days in a row, we were well into the 30s uh, at night. These are nighttime temperatures. That's cool. Yeah, I know. But today it was 81. Tomorrow will be 76, and Monday it'll be 80, so we're doing fine.
4: Yeah, now, now in um, where Costa Mesa, Walden, what is it like over there?
2: Uh, as I come walking back over here, uh, do I was just multitasking. Um, Costa Mesa, California. Costa Mesa, you know, it gets cold when it hits in the 60s. <laughs> uh, but sometime it might drop to 49 at night. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's pretty much, I, you know, I I, I feel good at 72. That's, Holden,
6: it's 54 oh. degrees out there with you, and it's going to 49 degrees.
2: Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's why I got... Maybe. That's why I got one, two, one, two, three, four, four blankets, and my left blanket, and me.
4: You know, my friend lives in the cold part of Arizona, and I tell you, I feel... For people who really live in cold countries, because in his area the pipe froze up. Mm. The pipes fro- freezes up. You don't have water running, and you just have to wait till it gets warming up for the pipe to to unfreeze itself.
6: Hope they don't explode from the pressure.
4: Oh yeah, one one time it did, and they had to yeah, they had to call a plumber and stuff because they got.
6: They get rain tomorrow. Fair. Your weather forecast says rain tomorrow.
4: Yeah, that's what it said. So it rained rain today in Hawaii, but it didn't rain at all. So I don't know. But, uh, you know, I mean, we don't, we're lucky we don't have to live with frozen pipes because he went without water for three days. And,
1: Ooh.
4: you know, live on, they have to store water for things like this, you know.
6: Oh, but you can't, you can't take a bath in store water.
4: No, no, you can't. Oof,
6: but, my goodness. Yeah. My goodness.
4: It was really rough. So I said, I'm glad I'm in Hawaii. <laughs> I really am.
6: <laughs> and for the most part, I'm glad I'm here. But my goodness, I I touched base with a friend in the St. Louis, Missouri area, and she said they haven't been able to get out. And I said, you know, it's it's how bad is it? She said, well, we only had four inches today. <laughs> they're, they're talking only four inches and only six inches. She said, but underneath there's still an inch of ice underneath and you wow. don't know where that inch of ice is. You know, they plow the streets, but you look out there and you, you get what they call black ice.
4: You know what would happen seriously in Hawaii? If we had, let's say if the temperature dropped, let's say all of a sudden, hmm? there'd be a lot of us that would die because We don't have heaters in our house. No,
6: no, you... don't have heat, yeah. No, it... it
4: Actually, the office would just freeze, you know. So, that can be... I mean, it won't... I I don't think it'll it'll ever happen, but out of a... You know, if something freaky
1: happened,
4: if it just dropped, we would be really in trouble, you know. I would be frozen stiff or whatever. (laughs) So... That's, that's a scary part.
2: What's your house? Is it near the beach, Ron? Everything's oh, near the no. beach.
4: Fortunately, I'm glad I don't have a house near the beach. Okay. Because whenever there's a tsunami or a tidal wave alert, we all gotta evacuate. Those of us, huh? those people who live near the beaches, you know. They have to go over to higher ground mm-hmm. just for safety.
2: So. When, when's the last time you had a really big tsunami of water come onto the property?
4: I really can't remember. I know it wasn't, it was during my lifetime. I know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know in the 40s they had big ones and um, some people died. Mm-hmm. My my sister, my auntie's friend, they were all in school in a big tower wave came. They all had to evacuate. They all had to run. My auntie made it. Mm-hmm. She saw her friend get swept up.
6: Oh, oh my God.
4: I know. So, time waves can be very devastating.
6: Oh, my gosh.
4: Oh, how awful. Yeah. That's
6: something that haunts you for your entire life. Oh, that's
4: that's scary to have to witness, you know. Mm -hmm. But, oh, you hear about the the storm in Australia. Yes. It's bad. Cars are just swept away and all sunk under water, all kinds of stuff. You know,
6: it's really sad. Yeah, they, they've just gotten hammered. Um, they, they're losing houses there. As you say, the cars, you can just see the cars floating down. Right. In rivers that weren't even supposed to be there. You know, they used to be dry gullies, and now they're roaring rivers. It's just terrible.
4: Yeah.
6: Did we get so lucky, Ron?
4: I, I think we are. Because, boy, you know, and, oh, you heard about how many delays, um, flights they had in New York and stuff, because, the ground, I mean, there's too much snow and they can't, they can't leave? Yeah. People are stranded at the airport. It's really sad. Yep. Yeah. I'm glad I, I, I don't have to put up with that kind of stuff. But another reason why I called, Walden, did you ever have, receive or have a whole bunch of uh, montage of Don Dumpy fights and stuff?
1: I, I have,
2: um... I have actual fights of Don Duffy. Um I don't have that many. Uh I remember I even recorded when he was still doing them in the eighties and I can't find those at the moment. But the earliest Don Duffy's I have is uh he and George, Joe Wilcox and uh, Joe Lewis and George George uh, in the forty eight.
4: We got one where Rocky Marciano Wow or Joe Lewis. Yep. fifty one and that was really sad because So Lewis got knocked down, and you know what? The sad part was the the commentator said that even uh, in the dressing room, uh, Rocky Marciano cried because he he didn't want to have to see him knock down, you know, the the bomb bomber, you know, and stuff like that. My my, and uh, the referee has it. I mean, he felt really bad that he had to count Lewis out. And fans, the fans, although, you know, was was nice to see Rocky Melasiano was a nice guy and stuff. Yeah. But even the fans started to cry.
2: It, it tells you how important sports is in American culture that uh, that my grandmother, uh, my dad's mom, in the 30s, you know, just a normal school teacher or housewife, she would make sure she always turned on the radio to to Joe Lewis fight. Uh, I mean, it's been the wonderful thing about sports, it's about uh, the American culture together and race did not matter.
4: Yeah, right. You
2: know, it, it's the beautiful thing.
4: Um, you now, before boxing was such a wonderful, enjoyable sport, but now...
2: No, it's true.
4: It's not the same.
2: It's not the same.
4: We don't have the, the Rocky Marcianos, the Boba as Ezra Charles, Joe Lewis those kind of fighters. Mm-hmm. Archie Moore, we don't you know, it's no. different now no. but I tell you why I asked because yeah. my friend who likes to collect O-rated shows had a montage of, of Don Dumpy at one of Les Skyders fights and it was on six regular CDs and he put it on MP3 and he sent it to me and it, it talks about Don Dumpy you know, Don Dumpy was a best Fight announcer
2: yeah. me in the world. Yeah, I nobody sure can
4: ever come close to Don Dumpy. He was just a fabulous fight announcer.
2: Yeah, sure was.
4: And um, so I thought, hey, you you'd, you'd like. I will. I would love it. And I will send it to you. Because, I
1: appreciate that. Yeah,
4: I know you'd love it. I know you because it's a montage of of things that he did and and some. Historical facts about Dun Dumpy and stuff like that.
2: I will like that.
4: Yeah, I'll send it to you.
2: I appreciate that. You'll like
4: that. I know you will. Mm-hmm. And Patricia, I'm still waiting for um, Dr. Christian, and um, when it comes, I will put them together for you. And what was that? Big Town, Big Town, yes. So well, as soon as it comes, it'll come to you. Run! So. Be patient, and oh, I haven't forgotten. You need
6: For you to be patient because I did not write down Dr. Christian, and I remember we talked about it, and I didn't send the CD.
2: No, he was going to mail them to you. Oh,
6: oh you were going to mail me Dr. Yeah. Christian. Uh-huh. Yeah,
4: I'm going to mail you Dr. Christian.